Hello and welcome. You're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria with me, Tim Hutchinson. Today I have a special guest, Diana Salgado. Very good day. Hello. Nice to, to have you on the program, Diana. Hello, Tim. Thanks for inviting me today. And An uh, yes, it's, it's, it's such a pleasure. Um, today you're going to be talking about uh, food waste. And um, I thought that before we do that, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about yourself. Mm. Yeah, so I am a food engineer. Um, I'm from Mexico um, originally. I've been living here in the UK for like a decade. Mm -hmm. I came to study my PhD in food processing here in Leeds. And I'm uh, now uh, working for the University of Surrey as a research fellow in projects about food waste. And I'm also a lecturer in um, sustainable development in a university in Mexico. I, I lecture online. Interesting. And um, what made you get uh, sort of interested in food waste? Does it have something to do with where you come from? Um, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, so just um, I, I feel that we, we have lots of resources in the planet that are not very well um, used. And as a food scientist, I, I feel responsible about uh, doing something about this. And that's why I, since I was in the university as an undergraduate uh, student, I was working in these kind of, of projects to trying to save uh, food from, especially from agriculture. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I, I did a couple of, of projects uh, in trying to create new products out from, from these, these surplus production. That's interesting. And tell us a little bit about, um, so you're from Mexico. I've, I've never been there myself, but I'm, I'm very sort of interested in Mexican music and Mexican food. And what, uh, whereabouts in Mexico do you come from? I'm from Mexico City. Okay, wow. So you're from, uh, and that's a, it's a huge city, isn't it? Yes, it's massive. I think traffic. One of the biggest, one of the biggest cities in the world, isn't it? Yes, that's, that's correct. Right. Okay. And growing up in a city like that, did that um, influence the, the this topic that you you're talking about? Uh, no. To be very honest, when when you live in in a very big city, it's very difficult for you to get in touch with nature yeah. and to know where food is coming from. Um, this was mostly because I studied in in a university uh, that is Jesuit. And the Jesuits are very keen on helping society. So they train all these uh, food engineers and all sorts of, of people in Mexico City. And then they offer us to create projects for people that live poor mm -hmm. in the surroundings of the university or in the coast. And that's where or how I started doing this thing of the food waste and realized how... I was so disconnected from reality, basically. Wow. I'm sure that there's something in there for a lot of us who uh, live in the cities here in England as well, because, um, uh, you know, sometimes children don't even know where um, milk comes from and things like that, because there is the same disconnect that you talk about between uh, people and and the land. So, yeah, I think it's a very relevant topic. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about food waste and, and what we can do about it. So I'm going to let you go for it, Diana. Thank you so much for coming on on Just Life. And um, the floor is all yours. Thank you. I, I would like to start with, uh, with quite an interesting thing. Because um, 
So have you ever gone to the fridge craving something delicious and opening the door of the fridge and skimming it from top to bottom, going from food to food, hearing your inner gut saying something that, mm, that doesn't look good, that doesn't look good. And then particularly, you reach that healthy salad that everybody has suggested to you that is such a good snack. And, um, and you actually agree that might be a good snack. And that's why you purchase that on a Saturday afternoon in the supermarket. But today, when your craving hits, the salad does not look that appealing. You think, come on, I need something more substantial. I'm working or I'm exercising or I'm tired. I'm sad today. I need mm, something more like a biscuit. So you close the fridge and go to the cupboard of the biscuits those biscuits that will guarantee an energy boost for the following hours. And so very soon, the same story of your cravings and the fridge will repeat. And so for days, you will be looking at food in your fridge until that healthy salad finally surrenders and all withered and soaked in its own water will end up in the bin, sometimes even unopened. So if this has happened to you, let me tell you that you are not alone. There are lots of people that suffer from the unhealthy snack craving syndrome, wasting food every week, not only in the UK, but all around the world. So the debate continues to agree if it's one of the seven deadly sins. So today, I'm uh, talking about of what we know about the problem of food waste. I'm mentioning three main points. Uh, first, I'm just describing the generalities of food waste. Then I'm going to talk about some very strange and unknown causes of food waste generation. And finally, I'm going to mention some groups that work towards decreasing food waste here in the UK that have been successful. So in terms of uh, the generalities, well, it is believed, and this is relatively um, known thing that a third of the food produced for human consumption is wasted or lost. And there is a difference between what is food waste and what is food loss. So food waste is that food that is discarded at the consumer level, for example, in our houses, in grocery stores, in restaurants, etc. While food loss is that food that gets discarded after harvesting but before reaching the consumer. So for example, fruits and vegetables that are damaged during harvesting or that are out of uh, the retailer's specifications because of unexpected colors or shapes or damaged food during transportation or rotten food during storage, typically due to poor temperature controls or pest attacks um, or excess food after processing like uh, sometimes making sauces and they didn't produce enough to fill in the last jar. So um, according to the United Nations, the highest percentage of food waste per capita is at the household level in both rich and poor countries, which suggests that we uh, humans might not be very good at um, organizing the kitchen sometimes 
And, uh, and probably it's uh, also related to this uh, weak smooth that when you did the supermarket, you were craving something. And um, when the week started to, to go on, you are not craving that anymore. Or you're not feeling that healthy, as my example with the salad. So um, I, I really would like to hear from, from the public of Radio Maria of what, what they think about uh, their food waste. Like what happens uh, in your house? that makes you waste some food. So in terms of food loss, which is something that is um, described not as the, as the consumer level, but, but for about the producers normally, um, the United Nations uh, states some differences between rich and poor countries. And this is because uh, typically poor countries usually uh, do not have adequate premises with temperature controls, controls, or they have poor road infrastructures, um, or, or there's a lack of well-coordinated transportation systems. And, um, and the other thing is that they tend to have a vast number of intermediaries from the producer to the retailer, which increases the possibilities of food uh, rotting on the way, just to mention a few. So also, and maybe not surprisingly, there is not much quantitative information about food waste and food loss. Most of the numbers we have um, come from, from something around 2011, and uh, in the United Nations reports, um, the, the, the figures about food waste and food loss uh, keep repeating from 2016. So some researchers have shown that most of the food loss and waste in European countries are fruits and vegetables, and in particular bakery products. Um, and apparently Latin American countries are the ones that do the least in terms of food loss and waste. And I care a lot about that uh, because I'm from Mexico. So I'm going to tell you uh, why you should be a little bit more interested in this subject. So I have three points here. The first one is uh, food waste is an ethical problem. So according to the House of Commons library in June, this year of 2023, just in the UK, 17% of households are food insecure. This thing of food insecure means that people eat less or go a day without eating because they couldn't access or afford food. So food insecurity in the UK has been increasing in the last years and inflation doesn't help. Just as a comparison, in January 2021, this value was 7.4%. And in January 2022, the last year, it was 8.8%. So more than twice as food insecure than a year ago. This is quite a lot, I feel. And um, it is estimated that around oh, basically almost 3 million people in the UK used a food bank in 2022 and 2023, which makes me feel guilty about wasting food. So second, um, this thing of the food waste contributes, contributes to health problems. 
So just think of the amount of herbicides and pesticides that are used to grow food. These food, like the salads that end up wet um, in that bag in, the, in our fridges. So those herbicides and pesticides used to grow that food that goes to waste are invariably, invari invariably sorry, entering in the biosphere, polluting it. So growing food that won't be eaten will damage the ecosystem and very probably our bodies since we are going to be more exposed to those substances. And uh, finally, uh, it is an economic waste because growing food has an economic impact because we need, as I say, these chemicals and energy and water and people, and all this has an economic costs. And uh, it is believed that learning how to make a more efficient agriculture will reduce waste. Also, the advocates of circular economy, a way to reduce waste um, at its minimal levels by making the most of every item, trying to escape to the waste bin. Um, so, um, state that it is possible to manufacture, in the case of food, products derived from plants and animals to harness the resources and make profits. However, I, there are people that are against circular economy and uh, because they think that it's a bit utopic and it's not very well defined because there is not enough technology or investment to complete a circular economy cycle or that it is impossible to eradicate waste. Uh, this is really fascinating. And I, I want us to actually go over these three points again, because I think they're, they're very important that we kind of get them down in our, our minds. But let's listen to our first piece of music. This is Love Like This by Lauren Daigle. You're listening to Just Life. We're talking about food waste um, with Diana Salgado. And um, we'll be back just in a moment. You're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria and Diana Salgado has been talking to us about food waste. Diana, I wonder if you would just go over those three points that you mentioned just briefly before you carry on with, with the rest of your talk for us, please. Sure. Um, yeah, so I was mentioning that food waste is an ethical problem uh, that also contributes to health problems um, directly or indirectly. And, uh, and it's also an economic waste. Um, something that I really would like to, to point out in terms of food waste and sustainability in general is that um, if we really want to have a more sustainable society, we need to basically focus, well, I would say mainly in three points, which, which are the, the economic point, which is how sustainability started in the first place, the society so we cannot have a sustainable society if we don't focus on people basically and uh, the third one is 
evidently the uh, the biosphere because it's from basically where everything is coming from, and we are standing on the biosphere. So without biosphere, there is pretty much no society and no economy. Um, something that uh, some people have mentioned in some of these, um, you know, the advocates of sustainability is that there is there is a, f- a fourth factor that has to do with the purpose, purpose of, of human. And this purpose, it's very interesting because it has to do with, with our beliefs. And uh, to my students, I point out that this is a very important point because it's basically the reason why we are still talking about sustainability and uh, global warming and so on, because our purpose has um, gone differently from protecting the planet, basically. So, so that's why in this, in this talk, I'm, I'm mentioning some, some food aspects, or some aspects of food waste, sorry, that are the most important because it is definitely an ethical problem. And we, we suffer from health problems, well, we could suffer from health problems because of the amounts of, of herbicides and pesticides that are used, of food that is ultimately not going to be eaten. And that is also an economic waste because we're using so many resources to grow food that nobody's eating. That is basically going all the, all the way from the producer to your house to the bin. So, you know, it, it is too much effort to be wasted, basically. So in this next part, I'm going to mention um, a very, very interesting story, something that happened during the, the lockdown, during the pandemic, um, of, of a food grower, a producer here in the UK that I, that I know, um, and how this producer was impacted by as I mentioned, the pandemic, Brexit, and the Ukraine-Russia war. Everything was pretty much at the same time. So uh, for the COVID, um, so it was um, a quite obvious problem in some terms, because, of course, if we were uh, under lockdown, that represented lack of personnel to harvest the fruit and vegetables. So this obviously created lots of food losses. Uh, furthermore, since restaurants and other social venues were closed, the demand for food decreased, leaving tons of food lost. This showed how contingency plans should have been put in place to try to redirect food to, let's say, the processing plant, for example, in case of a sudden drop of the demand, as happened during the pandemic. We were not ready for that. So. Um, the other thing that happened was that the pandemic redundancies reduced the demand for food since people were um, less able to pay for food. And these, these kind of products could, could be a little bit expensive. So that created lots of, of, of food losses as well. Uh, second, with Brexit, it was very similar to, to COVID in terms of the, the number of workers that were available for harvesting the fruit and vegetable crops. And there was lots of confusion of the new rules about the working visas, the employment laws, and the way in which European workers felt about coming to the UK was uh, you know, a bit complicated because they were probably not feeling very confident. And um, so some of them just decided to, to stay 
uh, in these uh, European countries. Uh, and this all became a hurdle for the producer because they basically didn't have enough workers. And that created lots of food losses. And uh, third, this uh, problem of the Ukraine-Russia war, which well, basically affected all of us because of the gas, um, the cost of the gas, the gas was, was you know, super expensive. So um, this consequently raised the cost of other supplies, like the herbicides that were needed to save the fruits and the vegetables from, you know, ending in the compost. Um, most of these were problems that, that affected, um, well, the cosmetic requirements of some of the retailers and uh, lots of food waste came out from that situation. So these are, these are some examples that had to do with political and economic, legal and social factors, um, which um, are not very well known, uh, you know, for people that, you know, people tend to think that the food waste at the growers level, it's all the growers fault. It's actually very complex. And, um, and these political, economic, and legal and social problems basically affect the foundation of the food chain, which is the agriculture, which here in the UK and all around the world um, is, 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 is hanging from, from a thin thread um, because, you know, it's a part of the, of the food chain that, that receives a very high e economic impact since it has you know the the lowest profits of all these um, of all these uh, food chain, and also agriculture uh, is the one to be blamed about the ecologic damages that have happened in the world. So we have these um, these producers at the agriculture level impacted economically because of these uh, small profits. And also they are to blame because of the ecolo ec ec ecologic damages that are causing. And, you know, that are, and into this line, we have the food loss attached, you know, in the ecolo ec ecologic damages. So um, the, the growers profit margins are very narrow and they tend to be submitted to prices established by supermarkets. So apart from that, they are price takers, not setters. Um, in developed countries, growers tend to have more direct links with supermarkets. Let's just talk about the supermarkets, which helps uh, with the growers' profit in some ways. It seems to me that growers are constrained by supermarkets and supermarkets say that they are constrained by the consumer's willingness or ability to pay for certain products. However, in developing countries, there are so many intermediaries that growers are forced to reduce even farther their prices. This creates a social sustainability problem because this eventually forces the grower to look for better ways of surviving, living for cities or other places. Even farther, in markets and supermarkets, customers tend to touch and damage the produce, typically fruit and vegetables, and these have to be heavily discounted 
in order to be sold and therefore reduce food losses. I would really like to hear um, from the public of Radio Maria uh, with regards of what they think about this uh, dynamic of the growers and the supermarkets. Because you know, I'm I'm very I'm very keen to hear what other people think about this. Um, so, in terms of ecologic damage, it's been reported that agriculture is responsible for something like 10% of the European greenhouse gas emissions, and nearly 70% of those come from the animal sector, consisting mostly of methane and nitrous oxide. So when food waste is sent to the landfill, so if we don't compost it or do something better with it, this food waste in the landfill contributes to something like the 11% of the greenhouse gas emissions of the world. That's a lot. These environmental costs are not fully included in the food prices, so we will never be as motivated as we could be to reduce food waste through our supermarket bill. The environment always picks up part of that tab. But not everything is lost. Here in the, in the UK, there are several groups and uh, businesses that have been successfully reducing food waste. So I'm going to mention some examples. I'm not sponsored by anybody. <laughs> just in case. Um, so there is, there is um, a charity called Food Cycle, and they claim that had saved something like 209 tons of food waste in 2022. It's quite, quite a lot. And so what they do is that they redistribute all this food to people in need, which is something that we really need nowadays. Other charities doing something very similar are Fair Share and the Felix Project and UK Harvest. In terms of businesses that do something about food waste, are uh, Rubies in the Rubble, uh, with, which they do sustainable condiments uh, from walkie fruit and vegetables. Um, Oddbox, which is the same, but they, they send you know, wonky fruit and vegetables to your house. Uh, chickpea that they produce uh, hummus from surplus vegetables. Toast ale that they they uh, create beer from the the bread. So um, now I hope that after all this talk, <laughs> the next time that you see that salad in your fridge, you think. I hope probably more into how to eat that. Maybe think of a good dressing and not to accompany those leaves <laughs> and please eat it. And, um, or give it to somebody else. And but please don't, don't leave it to decompose in your fridge or in the landfill. Because remember that it costs um, not only money, but people and the world to grow that food. Indeed. Well, that's um, very good advice. And thank you so much for for the way that you've laid this out for us in, in such clear terms. Um, we're going to listen to a song by, um, this is a song by Scripture Lullabies. It's called Seek Ye First. Seek ye first the 
You're listening to Just Life on Radio Maria, and we've been speaking to Diana Salgado t- about food waste. And um, Diana, I was wanting to know your opinion on uh, using these apps for for reducing food waste. I've come across one or two, um, and what they do is, I, I imagine you probably know about them, they tell you when certain supermarkets or restaurants or cafes are are uh, getting rid of food that's past its expiry date and then you can book it on the app and what are your thoughts about those i think they they do a very good job um personally i um i cannot use some of these um apps because i have very specific diet requirements because of my health Okay. Um, but as far as I know, yeah, they do a very good job, and lots of people make a win-win with yeah. with this thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I think it's it. Yeah, it's a very interesting little um, uh, project. That if you've never heard of of it, um, there's an app called Too Good to Go, and um, what you do is you go onto it and you find there'll be they'll say um, Costa at such and such a place is uh, as will have a hamper of that's worth 15 pounds um but they're giving it away for four pounds and then you go there and it'll be stuff that will be expiring on that day or some other supermarket and it's i think it's a good way to kind of make sure that that food doesn't get doesn't get thrown away because um i imagine that contributes to quite a bit of the food waste so in supermarkets when they exp- expiry date is is reached and then they have to throw things away yes yes it's true and um i, I have to say something because this thing of the, the best before and expiry date and so on um i mean there are approximations yeah it's not like exactly that day we're going to you know it's going to suddenly get lots of microbes yeah. so we we can we can perfectly check the food and see yeah this is still okay yeah so yeah yeah um yeah that's an interesting thought so th- my other question to you was this is do you think that um sometimes the health and safety laws can be maybe a little bit too strict on these things and could perhaps be contributing to uh the amount of food waste that we have yeah some some people claim claim that thing i i would say that i I am I'm very happy with the level of, of safety that is in, in terms of laws, mm-hmm. because of course the first thing is is to, to be sure that people are not going to get ill with any of the food that is there in the market. Um, but of course we we can't decide as well yeah. in, on the food because as I say I've worked in projects to to do a shelf life test and they are really approximations we can always see if something is still okay regardless of that number that appears on the label yeah yeah so i i was uh, i'll tell a little story of of sort of something that that was a, a case of of food that was going to be wasted which kind of made me uh, cringe a little bit with this um it was actually told to me by by father toby who's the priest director here at radio maria there's there was a some big um event happening where they had a, a hog roast and um and at the end of the event the head of the hog was uh looked like it was going to be 
thrown in the bin and one of the um the friars who had seen this was absolutely horrified because the country where he came from that was a like a delicacy you know the the head and it had already been roasted and everything and so um father toby encouraged him said just go like ask them you know if if they'll give it to you and so he did and his brothers were were rather surprised when he he came back um to the convent with this the head of a hog <laughs> but he ended up using it to to make all kinds of amazing meals uh, over the the following days and i've also been at a, a hog roast and seen exactly the same thing i saw just the the head of the hog being thrown in the bin um and I wonder if there aren't little opportunities for uh, people to to find these things where food is being wasted and to collect it, because you know there are people in the world who are struggling and and don't have the abundance that that we have, and um, maybe what I a question I could ask you about that is, a lot of people say that the problem is not the quantity of food but the distribution of food. Do you think that's true? That's partially, yeah, that's partially true. Um, yes, about the, the food waste. But something, sorry, that I really wanted to comment about that is that how, how this uh, friar that was trying to rescue the, the, the head of the, of the, of the pork, uh, because the way in which he sees food is as a scarcity, right? right. And, uh, and that really, really uh, is the, the main problem of uh, why we have so much waste, because the countries that have lots of abundance of food are the ones that have more waste as well. Right. So, um, yeah, it's it's about our attitude. Of, yeah, um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that is interesting. Yeah. Um, I have a caller on the line, so I'm going to put uh, the yeah. caller straight through. Radio Maria, hello. Hello, good morning. Here is Yaroslava from London. Yaroslav, wonderful to have you on air. Would you like to ask Diana a question? Yes, yes, I have two questions, actually. Wonderful. Not really sure if that is related. I wasn't listening all programs joined maybe a few minutes okay. ago. Just one moment. Can, I you, live can in you hear? Can you hear? Okay, just speak a little bit louder, if that's okay. I live in Westminster Borough, and we have here, uh, the council is giving us like that, uh, back and we should put the waste, but they didn't really waste food waste, but they didn't give, really give the instruction what to put there, but not. Right. So if she have idea. Okay, so you're in, unclear. I'll try and just pass that question on. So she's in the Westminster Borough in London and um, yes. she's not sure about what is supposed to go into the food waste. Is that right? Is that the question you're asking? That's correct. Okay, let's do deal with that one first, Diana. So in the in food waste in your house, I assume that's the question. Um, so yes. you have to put basically all what is unedible, uh, be it either because it is rotten or because there are hard part hard parts of of the food, like let's say bones or peels of uh, certain fruits. Although there are some people that do recirculate those peels, and um, it's it's mostly this thing, like either rotten food or hard pieces of the of the food. Is that helpful, Yuroslava? Is there anything else that that you are particularly concerned on that first question? Yes, yes, on that question because uh, some people are saying that 
when you peel banana or oranges, you shouldn't go there because they are filled with the chemicals. Right. Some people are saying go. So actually, I'm always confused what to do with this because somehow in some houses when I go to visit, they don't want to put it there and some of them they won't. So what about this? Yes, is I've heard that as well. banana belongs there or not? Especially the citrus. Is, is, that, is that true? Should we not be putting orange peels in the food waste, Diana? Yes, that's uh, that's what. Yes, I've heard that as well. But I mean, I'm going to tell you something. Here in my house, I have my my own compost, and uh, and I compost these things differently. So I don't know how it is uh, picked up there in the in your house, or if you have a compost particularly. So um, I don't know. I thought. I live in block of flats, and we have from the uh, council give us uh, the small containers. And now that they're collecting them, so the purpose of yeah, yes. So I don't have my compost. My compost. I compost. see. I think so. I, I think that it's it's not a, a, a problem with the with the um, sort of council uh, composting to do that. I think some people just have done it out of their own kind of judgment that they don't think orange peel should be in there. Yaroslava, you had a, a second question. Yes, uh, it's um, kind of well. A lot of people have little kids, and how to teach the kids don't waste the food? Because mm-hmm. well, when I was little one, that long time ago, the, my parents were usually saying, "Well, there are a lot of people have no so, so, so food to eat." But in your, I don't think so. It's now completely right because uh, it's uh, you learn you eating food even if you don't want it, and you're feeling full, but you're feeling sorry to chew it, and it's not actually the healthiest for. When you're young, you don't really mind, but with age, you start to feel it's not the best. Right. And sometimes you are not really know how much to eat. But how to teach kids uh, don't put too much on the plate and the chew it, or how to appreciate, because in the young family, I think there is a lot of waste also mm-hmm. because of the kids or even the adults, me, how to teach myself or how to teach uh, little kids to not waste because if you put too much on the plate, of course it's going to be waste. Yeah. How to do this? Great question. Thanks, thanks, Yuslava. I think yes. The, in this case, uh, something that I I try to do a lot with young people is uh, to really show images now that they love videos a lot uh, of uh, how people do starve and suffer because of the lack of food and how much it costs to produce and to bring all the way that food to, to your house. Because, I mean, you're making a, a big effort, I assume, you know, like, like everybody else, in working and bring food and then putting in the rubbish. That's, that's also your money that is going to the, to the bin. So, um, yes, I, w- I would show uh, young people these videos of, of showing how intense all these processes and how people do starve to death. Uh, in some countries. Hmm. I think one of the things that Yuroslava said, which is is a good point, is that uh, eating more at, to try not to waste is not necessarily the best mm. um, the best way to solve the problem because that just means that we, we end up needing to eat more. Um, we need to sort of stop the problem before that, wouldn't you say? Like not, not to uh, cook as much food if we're not going to eat as much food, um, but sort of forcing ourselves to eat more food because we've cooked it might actually be uh, be causing more of a problem. 
Yes, no, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's all about um, yeah making a, a good plan of how much food you you actually will eat uh, during the week, mm. and uh, and to more or less you know see like your your size and the size of people of your family and try to more or less coordinate all that food uh, during the week in, in those terms of mm-hmm. a very good organization. Yeah. Yuroslava, was that helpful? Kind of, yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for calling in. Just coming back to what we were talking about with, with health and safety and things like that, I remember my mother telling me that when she was um, a student, and this is in South Africa, where I come from, they used to have an organization that that ran a soup kitchen and they used to go around to all the restaurants and get the leftover food that they that they didn't use. And um, and then they would put it all into a big pot and make a big soup. Now, I think that that would be completely um, you wouldn't be able to do that these days because of health and safety and things like that, because you, you have no idea what's what's going into that. Um but I think there are ways in which people can can reuse uh, or you know reduce waste and things like that, and we just need to to be thinking about that. Um, Diana, do you have any any last thoughts? Um, maybe a book recommendation, maybe something about composting that that you want to to say to our listeners um, after this wonderful program. Um... Yeah, no. Um, my my main recommendation is just as we were talking, um, is this thing of of organizing very well mm-hmm. your week, and uh, and try to freeze as much food as you can if you're not going to eat it. To check um, how the products are in in your fridge and around your house, <laughs> or around your kitchen, to be sure that things are not spoiling without being noticed yeah so that's that probably is my my main recommendation in terms of food waste yeah because i think one of the things you said which to me uh, was was something i'd never heard before and very interesting was that most of the food waste comes on the domestic level in in the house that's right i mean that i i would never have thought that that was true and i think that that shows that there are little things that all of us can do to try and, and reduce the amount of, of food. Because at the moment, um, you know, where we where we currently are in the United Kingdom, we are living in a, a place of great abundance. But who's to say that that might not always be the case? Um, oh. So thank you very much. It's been lovely having you on, on Just Life. And um, we appreciate all the, the work that you're doing and, and the time that you've given to this program. And um, maybe we'll see you again at another stage. Sure. Thanks for inviting me. You're so welcome. God bless. Good place. Bye. Invited to our worldwide rosary on Saturday, the 7th of October, at the Rosary Shrine in London. Our dear volunteer Jason would like to share what the rosary means to him. I remember when I was first prompted by God to pray the rosary, it was a few years ago. 
when I was uh, suffering from serious illness uh, and I was pretty panicky at night uh, and I was prompted to pray the rosary. After praying the rosary, I calmed right down as if almost the spiritual attack had been fought off by the rosary. Please do join us on Saturday the 7th of October at 3pm for the Worldwide Rosary and pray with all the nations. Register on the website at radiomariaengland.uk. We look forward to seeing you there. Radio Maria England, a Christian voice in your home.